do you think it is that's going to cause the nations of the earth to be turned against Israel? What is it? What does Israel do? Well, here's what I think. The moment they start slaughtering animals in their temple. Wow. Which is what, of course, Bible prophecy says will happen because the Antichrist is going to put an end to sacrifice and offering. I mean, can you imagine the environmentalists and the earth worshipers and the, you know, all these people that worship the created thing instead of the creator? Could you imagine the attitude they're going to have towards the Jews when they start slaughtering animals again in their third rebuilt temple? So I think that's what's, you know, I don't, there's, I don't have a verse that tells me that. I'm just arguing from inference, but I think that's what, you know, that's kind of the proverbial straw that breaks the camel's back you know, among other things, turns the, turns the nations against Israel. How, how messy is that? What does that look like? Does, does, do we have anywhere uh, in the writings of the Old Testament or Josephus outside the Bible, <clears throat> any writings that tell you how gory or messy the sacrifices are? Yeah, Josephus does talk about it. It's been a little while since I've read up on what he says, but it's, um, it was a very bloody process. I mean, where blood was flowing, you know, constantly. I can't remember the measurements of blood that he gave, but, you know, you start to understand why when Jesus put an end to sacrifices, as the book of Hebrews says he did, why that was such a big deal. It took that very grisly and gory process, you know, and brought it to an end in the final sacrifice of Jesus. you got to be talking about cattle shoots. I'm, I'm just guessing here. Cattle shoots. Um, I don't know if you're talking about slitting the throat of these animals and then pulling them up by their back hind legs to, to drain the blood. Uh, I, I, I don't know what this looks like, but I know for the Jews, they've, it's got to be something with draining the blood out, right, for the kosher diet. Because I know this is what uh, upset Hitler. And one of the first things he put into practice when he became, uh, you know, the dictator there in Germany was to pass animal rights laws related to the kosher diet of the Jews. Right. I think all of this plays in. Hitler, as you know, was very green. Uh, our mutual friend, Mark Musser, you know, has written right. about that. In fact, that was shocking to read Mark's book and listen to his presentation because that's a element of history that's been just you know, blotted out. Absolutely. But, but the Nazis were like, you know, hardcore environmentalists. And so that puts them at odds with Israel. Israel wants to work the land. Uh, it it puts it puts uh, the Nazis and environmentalists at odds with Genesis one, where we're supposed to we're here not to abuse the land, but we're here to produce it. I mean, it's supposed to work for us, not the other way around. And you can see the hatred for the Jews developing, particularly when they start animal sacrifices again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Well, you factor in also the fact that they're going to become very rich with silver and gold, which the world will need. And um, it's just a common, it's a confluence of things that's going to bring every nation against Israel. And, and then you got the, they're flush with natural gas during an energy crisis. That and oil and Zion and um, the fact that there's about $5 trillion in mineral deposits in the Dead Sea, 
And then we've talked about the Solomonic goal, you know, that's likely hidden there and about to be discovered. Um, and you see our the economy. <laughs> so, so let me let me paint this picture. The world is freezing to death from an energy crisis. <laughs> the world is starving to death from a food crisis. The world is financially bankrupt from a financial crisis. And here's Israel flush with oil, flush with natural gas, flush with gold and flush with fruit and vegetables and flowers. And so the, it's kind of like <clears throat> the whole world is in uh, you know, an earthly state of hell and they turn over and look at this haven, this mirage that is Israel. Uh, maybe their whole world turning against them is because they're just so jealous. They're going to have everything the world wants and they're going to have this little haven over there <clears throat> minus the uh, Antichrist they put into power. But uh, aside from that, they're going to have so much of what the world's longing for. They're going to have it. And I don't think they're going to share it. Yeah. And Ezekiel specifically says in Ezekiel 38, 12 and 13, that this invasion of these nations is going to happen because of spoil. And they've acquired cattle and goods. And they live at the center of the world. And it mentions, you know, gold and silver. And think about this. All the years mm -hmm. that Israel was outside of the land, you know, from AD 70 to 1948, what was that territory over there but a barren expanse? I mean, right. the Arabs couldn't do anything with it. All of a sudden, the Jews come back. And so you don't think jealousy has to do with this? Yeah, jealousy is going to play a huge, huge part. Okay, Daniel 9, 27. And he will make a firm covenant with the many for one week but in the middle of the week he will put a stop to sacrifice and grain offering and on the wing of abominations will come one who makes desolate even until a complete destruction one that is decreed is poured out on the one who makes desolate so they will bring uh <clears throat> they will embrace the false christ the false messiah who's antichrist he makes a covenant they think they've got peace and then he breaks the covenant and starts to persecute them in huge numbers. They're talking about the Antichrist, correct, Dr. Woods? Yeah, that's true. And what's interesting is um, in order for Israel to enter into that agreement, which will start the tribulation period, according to Daniel 9.27, Israel has to be in a place of dependency. And what pushes her into that place of dependency is the world community that keeps telling her she needs to give up more and more land you know, in exchange for the promise of peace. And that's why I found this article very interesting from I-24 News. You know, it's in that Word document I sent you, but it says the UN General Assembly says Israel must get rid of its, get rid of its nuclear arsenal. So here's the world community bullying Israel, give up land, give up your weapons of mass destruction. And my gosh, if Israel, you know, capitulates, then she is in a place of dependency where she has to reach out to the Antichrist for protection. And so I think these are some of the things that are sort of setting the stage for that upcoming peace treaty. And, and people often ask, well, what starts the tribulation? And the tribulation is signified as being started from this graph right here, <clears throat> which is once there's a covenant that is confirmed, that starts the clock ticking on the seven-year tribulation, correct? Right. That's a key um, chart because it kind of is a graph of Daniel 927. Daniel 927 tells you 
how long the tribulation is going to last, seven years. It tells you what's going to happen in the middle of it. There's going to be the Antichrist betraying the Jews by desecrating the temple. It tells you what's going to happen at the end of the tribulation. That would be the second coming. And then it tells you what starts it will be this peace treaty. And so there's a lot of misunderstanding. People think the rapture starts the tribulation. It, it does not. The rapture removes the church, which takes away the restrainer, allowing the Antichrist to come forward and enter into the treaty. And we really don't know exactly how long of a time we're dealing with between the rapture and the beginning of the tribulation. But that's sort of a kind of a bird's eye view of what is yet in front of us. Mm. We've got to we've got to come up <clears throat> with some kind of uh, automated system here. So when the rapture happens and there's no one left in the control room, I mean, you got none of you are planning on being here after the rapture, are you? In there, uh, we 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 pray not, right? I don't I don't think any of us are planning on being here. So um, <clears throat> after the rapture, there's no one left in the studio or the control room. We need to set up an automated system. We need a dead man switch. We need a dead man switch that takes all the shows that you and I have done on Bible prophecy all the TV shows you've done that we've produced, all the TV shows we did with Jimmy D. Young, all the radio shows we've done with you and Jimmy D. Young, um, all the conferences we've done uh, on the rise of anti-Semitism with Arnold Frutenbaum and Olivier Melnick. And <clears throat> we need to take all these shows, put them into a uh, constant stream, which would be days and days and days, and then loop it, have a dead man switch that if no one touches the controls for 24 hours, these, these shows start playing and play continuously and just let them loop because everybody and their grandmother is going to be looking for what just happened. Yeah, and maybe that's how the 144,000 Jewish evangelists get saved because we're not told exactly how they get saved. Uh, maybe they're going to be watching something like that. Wow. Um, you know, I used to say, you know, gosh, um, if the rapture happens, the, the churches will be empty. I used to say, you know, the, the White House will be empty. Well, I don't think that way anymore. I think the White House will be just fine. I don't think there's a, a Christian in the whole group. And, you know, a lot of these churches, these woke churches that we have today, I think they'll be um, functioning right on schedule the, day after, the Sunday after the rapture. Do you think the Sunday after the rapture, a lot of people are going to show up to church to try to find out what just happened? They're going to be like nine, after 9-11, all these people showed up at church. I think a lot are going to show up to say, what just happened? Yeah, I, I definitely think that, and I think this is why the demonic world, and we've talked about this in the writings of the New Age, whether it be Alice Bailey or Barbara Marks Hubbard, I mean, they already have in print excuses, you know, explaining where all these people went, and it will have something to do with, you know, the under-evolved um, basket of deplorables <laughs> with, you know, right. that were in progress have been removed. I mean, what does Isaiah say? Woe to those who woe, woe to those who call evil good and good evil. You know, here the rapture, the blessed hope of the church will be perverted and twisted, and make it sound like it's um, all the bad people. You know, were taken when when the opposite is true. Well, I uh, J B Hooks, or excuse me, J B Hickson <clears throat> has his new book out, Part Two on spiritual deception and the Antichrist. Had him on for a few minutes last night. He's coming back on tonight. To talk specifically about a chapter in that book related to UFOs and spiritual deception. Well, I'm glad he's tackling that because um, I think Hollywood and 
you know, all this UFO stuff that people are getting into, you know, has been preparing us for a long time, you know, explain as a, as an explanation. Yeah, absolutely. But one second after the rapture, you know, a lot of pastors and theologians don't believe in the rapture, but Satan believes in it. He knows it's going to happen. And he's already got a perverted explanation on the books. Yeah. Okay. Once it does happen. So we got Israel. And now let's go to the New World Order slide here, guys. So New World Order is next. Uh, Daniel 7, 23 to 24. The fourth beast will be a fourth kingdom on the earth, which will be different from all the other kingdoms and will devour the whole earth and tread it down and crush it as far as for the ten horns out of this kingdom. Ten kings will arise and another will arise after them and he will be different from the previous ones and will subdue the three kings. So we've talked about this before. The Club of Rome's divided the world into 10 regions. I've got slides where the UN has already divided the world into 10 regions. I've got slides that show that the European Union Commission has already divided the world into 10 regions. Jean Monnet, uh, lived from 1888 to 1979, said the sovereign nations of the past can no longer solve the problems of the present. They cannot ensure their own progress or control their own future. And the European community itself is only a stage on the way to the organized world of tomorrow. This is Jean, Bonnet, Jean Monnet, who had a lot to do with the creation of the European Union, didn't he? Well, he's the architect of the European Union, and he's the one that came up with the Monet method. I mean, how did he get all of these European countries to give up their currency, military, and sovereignty? Well, he did it through regionalism, and he basically said, free trade, it's all about free <clears throat> trade. And they never read the fine print, <laughs> because when all was said and done, their currency was gone, their sovereignty was gone, their military sovereignty was taken away, and they were placed under the auspices or jurisdiction of a single region. And Monet, in that quote, and that's in his memoirs, what he said just before he died, I think on the last of his memoirs, he said, what happened in Europe, we're going to replicate all over the world. And the reason I bring this up is because now the North American Union, something I first read about through a book by Jerome Corsi called The Late Great USA back in 2007. Yeah, there's a picture of the book there is now on the table again. Corsi, when he wrote this, and I read the book cover to cover, I thought he did a good job you know, documenting his his thesis there, that there's actually coming a merger between uh, Canada, Mexico, and the United States, where we give up our sovereignty, we give up our currency, um, we're regionalized, and this, of course, would explain why our border between Canada, uh, United States, and Mexico, is not being enforced at all, because in the thinking of the elites, we've already been regionalized. And so the North American Union will sort of be a replication of what they did in Europe. And eventually there's going to be 10 of these regions set up all over the world, and they're going to merge into one world government. And I think that's what Daniel 7, 23 and 24 is talking about when it talks about the Antichrist arising over the whole world through 10 kings. And so Laura Logan, I have in the Word document I sent you, has recently come out and said her sources uh, have told her something back about this North American Union. And so it's not just Jerome Corsi talking about it, it's Laura Logan. And then the president of Mexico opened his mouth recently. Yep. 
spoke, you know, uh, prematurely, I guess, and said, hey, yeah, this is something that the Biden administration uh, is on. It's on the table for the Biden administration. So mm. coming to a theater near you, folks, the North American Union. Well, here's what uh, Hillary said, quote, in a private paid speech to. Oh, let me get this, this is here. This is from uh, where is this from Breitbart In a private paid speech to a Brazilian bank on May 16th, 2013. Hillary Clinton said, quote, quote, my dream is a hemispheric common market with open trade and open borders sometime in the future with energy that is as green and sustainable as we can get it, powering growth and opportunity for every person in the hemisphere. The, this secret speech, in quote, in quote, this secret speech was released as part of the Podesta emails obtained by WikiLeaks. There you go. Yeah, so so, well, their ambition is more than just a North American union. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a union in the whole hemisphere without borders. Now, does this does this not explain why they could care less about our border? Yeah, I mean, we're all upset about the border because we think the United States is its own, you know, sovereign, independent country. These, these globalists don't think that way. They've already regionalized America into you know some kind of broader region, and there, I think there's going to be ten of these. Yeah, and I think that's exactly what the Bible says. The design is to dilute the influence of the patriots. Uh, Daniel 7, 23, the fourth beast will be a fourth kingdom on earth, which will be different from all other kingdoms and will devour the whole earth and tread it down and crush it, as we've been talking. Okay, we know the Declaration of Independence, the laws of nature, nature's God. The Antichrist is going to go completely against that. We're not going to have human rights. I mean, global tyranny, you know, I remember the days um, with perestroika and glasnost and the collapse of the for former Soviet Union and people were saying, you know, democracy's winning. It's breaking out all over the world. But when you actually study this and look at it, it's the opposite. You know, tyranny worldwide has the upper hand. And that's why I sent you this particular article from CBN where it says the UK bans prayer. Can you believe this? No. Ban prayer near abortion clinics, even silent one. And then the article says, when did it become against the law to pray? I mean, this is the UK. It's becoming so totalitarian there that even prayer near, you know, abortion clinics, silent prayer is being banned, which is a UK um, newspaper. It's by Thomas Godfrey, October 23rd, so it's fairly recent. And it interviews this dad, and the title of it is Chip and Skin. I pay for things by swiping my hand. Oh, yeah, I saw the I saw that article the other day myself. I'm going to bring it yeah, up on the screen for having, folks to look at. Yeah, after having bank card implant there it um, is. a chip under my skin. So it's got all, there. there's the pictures. It's got all these pictures of this chip under the skin and how happy this guy is, you know, with it. And you go to the very end of the article, and it says this technology could be used for anything, even passports, tickets, or driving licenses. And then it says in Sweden, 4,000 body chips have been implanted in people linked to their bank accounts. I mean, haven't we been warning all of the time that they're trying to, you know, link things to our money? 
So if we behave in a politically incorrect fashion or post the wrong thing on social media, they can shut off our money. Well, it's happening right there. The technology is in place now in Sweden, you know, to do this. And this is a fairly recent article. And so, you know, the mark of the beast system, we don't think this is the mark of the beast system, but it's certainly putting the so-called infrastructure in place. Absolutely. For this coming mark of the beast, the Bible talk. Let's go to the next one, apostasy, which uh, is a falling away from traditionally held biblical truths. Second Timothy 4, 3 through 4, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Doctrine means teaching, sound biblical teaching. But wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires and will turn away their ears from the truth and will turn aside to myths. And there are many pastors in America, so-called pastors, hirelings, that have done this. They've turned away their ear. Like a lady that's been coming to our Ozarks conference, she that was our 19th annual Ozarks Worldview Week, and I think she'd been to 15 of the 19. And I, I told the audience a, a few weeks ago, or a week ago, that she came up to me at one point and said, I went up to my pastor and said, you know, you should listen to what Brandon House is saying. And he put up his hand and said to her, I know all about Brandon House. I know all I want to know about Brandon House. And turned <laughs> and walked away. And she said, why would he have that reaction? And I said, well... Let's see, has your pastor been promoting the Gospel Coalition, a communist group, a Marxist, pro-Marxist, pro-Hillary group, pro-reparations, uh, uh, um, pro-mandatory minimum incomes? I got it all documented in screenshots in my book, Marxianity, in my TV shows. Has he been promoting John Piper, been promoting uh, Matt Chandler, been promoting David Platt? Oh, yes, 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 those names, yes. I said, well, there you go, you know? So when you talk about heaping for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires, and they will turn away their ears from tr the truth. There's that, past, that so-called pastor, that hireling. Oh, I know all about Brandon House. Now, puts his hand up. No, I don't want to hear anymore. No. He doesn't want to hear the truth. He's a dark and hearted fool. He's more than likely bound for hell. And, and, and if the rapture, and when the rapture occurs, as you said, the pulpits in America, for the vast majority, other than the real pastors, the real shepherds, the real Christians, the church will go on just fine. So-called church will go just fine go on just fine in America. There'll be plenty of pastors, so-called, left. But you and I know they're not real shepherds or pastors. They're hirelings, and they're turning their ear away from the truth that we're trying to give them to save them and their flock. But they don't love the truth, nor do they care about the sheep, do they? Jesus warned about this in John 10.10. 10. Yeah, in fact, if you advance the slides one, you'll see a picture there of T.D. Jakes bringing Beto O'Rourke into his church called the Potter's House in Dallas. And if you know anything about Beto O'Rourke, he's currently running for governor right here in the state of Texas. This is a man that doesn't just believe in abortion on demand. What he believes in is if a child is born because of a, somehow survives an abortion and the child is alive, there's no legal protection for that child either. And the newspaper article I sent you actually has um, a video of O'Rourke answering to that effect when he was running for president and he was asked a question related to that um, in New Hampshire during the Democratic primary, I think it was. Well, so here, Jake's bringing this kind of person into the church to promote him. All I can say is T.D. Jake's, by doing this, is bringing Molech. The spirit of Molech in the Bible, where you sacrifice your children 
on an altar, you burn them to death because you're trying to uh, gain prosperity. He just, T.D. Jakes just brought Molech into the church. Yep. And what's happening in so-called Bible-believing evangelical Christianity. Yep. Yes. Hey, first off, first time I ever called in, been listening to you guys for years. Love the topic, love the truth. I appreciate you guys. Thank so, you. So wanted to say thanks for that. Thank you. Um, two things, and I'll make it quick. One thing, the book of Revelations, we're there. We're in the toenails of it. It's coming, and everybody, I think, the majority is blind to it um, out of fear or just denial. But I did have one question that maybe somebody can contemplate for me, and then I'll hang up and let you fellas take it. Okay. Is the Old Testament and New Testament, as far as the commandments, Christ said, if you love me, you'll keep my law, my commandments. And he added one to it. My big fear and worry is that the commandments, number four, actually says to keep the Sabbath holy. And according to either 1715 or 1517, the Catholic religion actually changed the Sabbath from Saturday to Sunday. So I'm scared that the mark of the beast is going to walk up in on a day of worship. Because the majority goes Sunday, first okay. day of the week. So. Great great question. One we get quite a bit often, John. Uh, let me address it first and we'll go to Dr. Woods. Um, the only one of the Ten Commandments not repeated in the New Testament is that you go to church on Sabbath. We see it changed not from the Catholic Church. We hear that all the time. It wasn't from the Catholic Church where it got changed. You go to the Scriptures, you'll see that they started meeting on the first day of the week following the resurrection immediately. This is where the apostles were going immediately and holding the Lord's Day. The Lord's Day. Why is it called the Lord's Day? The day of the resurrection. It's the Lord's Day. And immediately the first day of the week, Sunday, the Lord's Day, they're meeting together as believers to commemorate and acknowledge the salvation of the church through the resurrection of Christ and placing our faith and trust in Him. And that's the that's the the, uh, the the one of the Ten Commandments, the only one you don't see repeated. In fact, the Bible says us not to be compelled <clears throat> by certain holidays or days. So if you want to go to church on Saturday and your church meets in your home or wherever, local Testament, New Testament church on Saturday, amen. Sunday, amen. Monday, amen. The point is don't neglect the fellowship of believers getting together, but you are not compelled on any certain day but no the catholic church isn't who changed the day it's the it's the resurrection of christ and the example of the apostles true or false dr woods yeah no it's true i mean jesus rose on sunday and the early church when you get acts 20 verse 7 and first corinthians 16 verse 2 they were meeting on the first day of the week and you know all the stuff about you know meeting on saturday that's part of the mosaic law mm -hmm. Psalm 147, verses 19 and 20, was intended only for national Israel. Well, we're in a new age now. We're the, the body of Christ, the church, the church age, which is never called Israel. We're, we're a new man. And we're not under the Mosaic law. We're under what we would call the law of Christ, the law of the Holy Spirit. It's a similar system, but at the same time, it's very different. And as you just said very well, uh, the Saturday Sabbath is no longer applicable to us because Jesus rose from the dead, not on the last day of the week, but the first day of the week. 
Hey, Brandon, thank Hi. you. Uh, yeah. First-time caller, long-time listener. Well, thank uh, you. To kind of help Brother John out with, about being the church and the, and the Sabbath day, Brother, we're under the blood of Christ. Uh, we're, we're the church that Jesus said that he would build, and the gates of Hades would not prevail against it. And every day, if we're born again and saved, really, truly, the church is every day, and that's where we should be out. We should be out here shining as a light into the community so everybody can see Jesus. Amen. Now, you were talking— you were talking about earlier about the uh, false prophets taking off. You know, I, my old mentor told me he said probably what or he he feels what would happen during the rapture is the real church gets taken out, and then those of us who've been left behind we've been uh, evolutionized again, and we weren't strong enough to stay here. He said they will come up with some kind of a cockamamie uh, lie that everybody's going to buy it, and you know that's the way the devil is. He's slick. So, yeah, but anyway, keep up the good work. And I hope that helped John out that every day, and everybody listen, we are the church, and every day is the Sabbath as we conduct our conduct and make the Son of God look good. Thank you very much, and everybody have a nice Thanksgiving. Awesome. Thank you, John. Look at that, uh, 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 Tony. Thank you, Tony. John and Tony, first-time callers, long-time listeners, first-time callers, both of them today. <clears throat> hey, Brandon's in the house. How you doing, Brandon? You and Dr. Andy Wood. <laughs> Thank you, Paul. Doing great. How are you? Well, I'm glad. I'm sorry you're burning up. He was here would give you some air conditioning, but I can't do it, but I can pray for you. But I wanted to know if you've seen where Cliff Lowe or Dollar, he had invited uh, Stacey Abrams into his church, and he welcomed her as the next governor of uh, Georgia. <laughs> no, are you kidding me? And said, it, you all know what to do, you know? Is there video footage of that? I've seen a video. Oh, Logan has it. Logan, yeah. Logan's in the control room shaking his head yes. Logan has it. Yeah, and uh, also, you know, like you said, the previous caller in Hebrews, he said, they shall not enter my rest. I rest in Jesus every day, not just one day of the week. Amen. Amen. Uh, Dr. Woods, closing comment. Music's playing, if they can hear you. Well, Creflo Dollar is following the pattern of T.D. inviting the spirit of Moloch. Okay. Yeah, he's following T.D. Jakes and inviting the spirit of Moloch into his church. For those who didn't hear that, the music, underground music we have here, starts making his vocals break up. Uh, absolutely. Got a lot of, lot of, quote, pastors, folks. They're not pastors. Honor the good ones. Double honor, the Bible says. Dr. Woods and all the good shepherds and pastors out there, thank God for you guys. Double honor them, folks. And the hirelings, run from them.